Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Appreciate you joining us today. Obviously, we're having a little bit of video a technical difficulty. I'm actually recording these podcasts away from home, and so I don't have the camera viewed today. So those of you that are used to watching the video, you're just getting the audio for the next few days, but uh, the content is the same. So thank you for being faithful, and I hope that uh, you'll just stay with it. We are in, as you know, Jeremiah chapter number three, and we're kind of mid-message uh, for Jeremiah. Jeremiah's preaching some pretty strong messages to the nation of Judah and, should I say, to the nation of Israel. And you might be thinking, well, you know, how is Jeremiah preaching to the nation of Israel? I thought that they were obliterated about a hundred years before Jeremiah even began his ministry. And that is true. But understand that while the nation ceased to exist, the people of Israel continued on. And even though they had been scattered and some were left kind of in upheaval in Israel, God still loved them because God loves people. God doesn't love corporate entities per se. He loves people. And so the prophecy that Jeremiah offers is not only to Judah, but also to Israel and to these people that have been left kind of in a wasteland, if you will. In fact, he even chides Judah, which has retained her nation status because she has repented only in a fake way, feignedly. Did you see that word last time in verse number 10? Uh, she repented only on the outside, but it wasn't a heartfelt repentance. I think about how David wrote that great psalm of repentance in Psalm 51 when he talked about God not desiring sacrifice, but a broken and a contrite spirit is what God is looking for. God's always concerned with our heart. He wants us to turn back to him with our heart. God looks upon the heart. With my whole heart, I have sought thee, David said. Let the words of my uh, mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And so Jeremiah really is speaking to the heart, isn't he? Another word that we see so often in the book of Jeremiah is that word backsliding. You'll see it in the book of Habakkuk as well, which was a contemporary of Jeremiah. As they talk about how God's people have literally turned away. That's what the word backsliding means. They've turned away from God. And now God is calling them unto repentance, which is a turning back to God. I think we're in verse number 11 of our text. So let's go there. Jeremiah chapter three, verse number 11, where the Bible says, and the Lord said unto me, the backsliding Israel hath justified herself more than treacherous Judah. What, what a statement. It is a statement of comparison. So what, what Jeremiah is saying is Israel, which has been so demonstrably judged, uh, every person in Judah saw the downfall of her northern sister, Israel. They all knew about that. 
And yet when Jeremiah preaches this message, he's saying that Judah, you're actually worse than Israel. Now, in what way is that even possible? I mean, Judah, they are the ones that have had the kings of David, the offspring of David. They are the ones that have at least had a few good kings like Asa or Jehoshaphat or like Hezekiah or now even Josiah. So how could Jeremiah say in this message that Judah was in some way qualifiably more culpable and more treacherous, more backsliding, I think is the word here, than Israel? I think the point is that Judah has had much greater opportunity. Think about it. Judah has had some godly leadership, and yet she is still backslidden. Judah has had the example of Israel and her judgment, and yet continues to backslide. You know, Ju Judah knows more. I think it's a Bible principle that unto whomsoever much is given shall be much required. And Judah here is being chastised by the Lord because she knows better. She's faking. She's faking repentance. I mean, at least Israel was honest about her sin. Uh, Judah is faking her repentance. And sometimes when we fake repentance, we even fool ourselves. We live in self-delusion, like the religious leaders of Jesus' day who thought they were fine. They thought they had no need of repentance. Remember when Jesus went to the home of Simon the Pharisee in Luke chapter number seven. Uh, Simon the Pharisee could not understand how Jesus could allow that woman of ill repute to wash his feet, to cry her tears upon the feet of Jesus and wash those feet with her hair. And remember, Jesus said, people that realize they need forgiveness love much, but people that don't realize they need forgiveness, uh, they are the ones that love little. And it was an indictment on Simon. And that's the indictment here uh, from Jeremiah to Judah. And she just does not see herself. She's living in her own self-delusion. And that's a very, very bad place to live. Look at verse number 12. Go and proclaim these words toward the north. Now, remember, when the Bible says toward the north here in the book of Jeremiah, that refers to the northern kingdom. Not yet. I mean, not, not at this point, even a nation, but those people. So to, to the people of the north. So go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, return thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you. For I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. What, what, what a what an encouraging verse that is to think that God would still be calling out to the fragments that remain, uh, to those that have now tasted the bitter uh, pill of God's wrath, of God's judgment, of uh, the nation of Israel is no more. Uh, they've been repopulated with other leadership. Uh, many of them have been deported. Uh, th those that are still in the nation are living in poverty uh, their lives are a wreck. Uh, they have absolutely nothing positive that they can offer. And yet God loves them. And God's calling back to them. And that's the love of God. 
The love of God is not a love that says, I love you because of what you can bring to me. I love you because of some benefit I can extract from you. But I love you because I love you. And I'm calling you to come back. And I have a relationship with you. What, what, what a, a marvelous example. I, I think I mentioned in a previous podcast about Hosea and how Hosea was a, a wonderful example of God. How Hosea married a woman that became a prostitute. Sorry to use that language, but it's true. And yet he pursued her and loved her even when she had been unfaithful to him. That, that's the language here. That's the thought here, the metaphor here that the Lord is using about unfaithful Israel. Look at verse number 13, where the Bible says, only acknowledge thine iniquity. So I'm calling you, I'm proclaiming this message of hope to you. I'm asking you to turn back from your backsliding. There's the call to repentance, but watch the condition in verse number 13, only acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God and hast scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree and ye have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. Hey, in order for you to come back to God, there has to be a measure of acknowledgement. Do you know that that's the word that the Lord uses in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That, that, that's, that word confess, it means to, to agree with God, to acknowledge. Think about it. When you came to Christ for salvation, you came to Christ acknowledging that you were a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I have failed God. I, I admit that before a holy God. You can't come to God and come clean until you acknowledge that you're a sinner. And that's true both in justification and in sanctification. And the Bible says here that we, we need to acknowledge iniquity, thine iniquity. I think sometimes we're good at acknowledging other people's sins, pointing out other people's faults. And yet what the, what the Lord says here is acknowledge thine iniquity. And then that you've transgressed against the Lord thy God. Sin is multifaceted. You know, when we sin, we sin against any number of people. And many of the commandments of God relate to the relationships we have with other people, like coveting or adultery or murder uh, or stealing. Uh, these all, in, in part, relate to our relationship with others. And certainly, when you kill somebody, you've sinned against them and uh, against their family. Or when you've stolen or coveted or when you have committed adultery, fornication. Obviously, you have defrauded and committed sin against another person. But the point here is that all sin is against God. All sin ultimately is Godward. And so when the Bible says that we acknowledge our transgression, we acknowledge our transgression against the Lord thy God. Isn't that what David did? He said, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this iniquity in thy sight. It's what the prodigal said when he came home from the far country. He said, I've sinned against heaven. That's what he said to his father. I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight. See, the acknowledgement of sin is an acknowledgement of the direction of sin. And the direction of sin is, I have sinned against 
a holy God. It goes on to say, uh, I've been scattered uh, under every green tree. In other words, I've chased the wind. I've worshiped this idol and that idol. I've gone my headstrong way. I've tried to satisfy myself in a million different ways on a million different hills and none of it has worked. God, I am coming back to you. I am again hearing your voice. God, I'm wrong and you're right. What what mercy that God would allow them to come back to him. What a great way to end today's podcast. Just thinking about the mercy, the goodness, and the invitation of God to us backsliders. Hope that helps today. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. We'll see you next time. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.